Our Heavenly Father, we thank you because each time we gather in this sanctuary, your name, you always minister to us. You have started ministering to us today through songs and through your words of prophecy. We pray, Lord, that even as we share from your written word, O Lord, you will complete what you have started. And that at the end, your name shall be glorified. And that none will live here empty. We pray thee in Jesus' name. Our theme for this year remains Kingdom Lifestyle. Our topic for consideration today is Beware of False Prophets and Doctrines. If you marry two of them together, what he's saying is if you want to live a victorious and successful kingdom lifestyle, one of the things you must do is to beware of false prophets and false uh, doctrines. Our major text will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 7 and verse 15 as well as 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Let's quickly take this um, reference text. Matthew seven fifteen and 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. We start with Matthew seven fifteen, and it reads, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. Our Master and Lord Jesus warned us himself concerning the dangers of false prophets, what they can do in our lives. And he went on to tell us some of the characteristics. We'll be looking at the characteristics of false prophets in detail. But let's take our second reference text first. That's First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demon. Again here, Apostle Paul was warning us that in the latter days, false doctrines will abound. And he went ahead to give us examples from where we read earlier on. This morning I want us to commence by addressing this question, what are the consequences of not heeding this warning? Why am I starting this way? I remember sometime last month, or thereabouts, on a Sunday, a prophecy came that some of us were having itching ears, moving around, looking for maybe miracles, signs, wonders, prophecies. As if that was not enough, the following Sunday, the same prophecy came again. 
signifying that we did not pay heed to the first warning. And that is why I deem it necessary that we take some ample time to address this. So that if you are here and you have not taken this warning very serious, you had better do. We'll be, going, we'll be looking at three major consequences of not taking heed to this warning. The first one is that they can destroy your relationships. When you do not take heed to this warning, your relationships can be destroyed. No matter how close that relationship is, no matter how strong. I will buttress it with a few testimonies, then we we'll move on. We have a very good neighbor. He worked in the same place, telecommunication with my wife. We bought land from the same landowner. And our children attend the same school. They have two girls. And the wife took in for the third pregnancy. Unfortunately, they lost the babies because they were twin pregnancies. And unknown to us, we didn't know that we were taught to be the victim. Until one day, one of our child came back from school. And another child, sorry, the daughter, one of the daughters of that woman was telling another child that her mother killed a twin baby in my mother's womb. She's a witch. And when our daughter narrated this story, we began to, you know, make inquiry. What happened? How come? And we found out that the woman, when she lost the baby, had maybe visited a prophet or a prophetess, and she was told that my wife was a witch, and she was responsible for the death of the baby. False prophets, they can destroy any relationship. We took it to God in prayer. Because that's usually my action. I know, I told my, my wife that, look, Satan is up to something, and we will not allow him to succeed. We began interceding for this uh, family. To the glory of the Lord, today, the relationship has been restored. She goes gymming with my wife and walk out and all that. It was not easy. It was a very strong accusation that if not for the grace of God, it would have torn apart our relationship. i give you yet another one. I had a very close friend in Port Harcourt, and I went visiting, and it was like the family was upside down. Hell was let loose, literally. And I asked the husband, what is happening? He said that the wife has to go. I said, what happened? He said he came back from work, and he stumbled into the wife's diary, and the wife wrote on a page in the diary, a prophecy that was given to her. That the husband wants to kill her and use her to make ritual for money. And she wrote it down on the diary. And she said that what baffled her most 
is why the wife should even accept this prophecy and write it down. That means that even himself is no longer safe in that marriage. But I think God orchestrated my coming. We were able to pray together, counsel them together. And to the glory of the Lord, that young man is a full-time minister of the gospel today. And their marriage is still intact. Praise the Lord. And before I leave this, just one more. One more. A lady wrote in asking for prayers. She said that his father was sacked from his place of work. And he became a contractor. He got a job somewhere in Delta Edo and was traveling from Lagos to execute that job. He had an accident and he killed somebody. He started running around on how to take care of the burial and all that police settlement. By the time he was done, they have canceled the contract. And as if Satan was not yet done with them, they lost one of their sons within that period. And these incidences turned both the husband and the wife to spiritual consultants. The husband went consulting and his own prophet told him, it is your wife that is responsible for all your predicament. The job you lost, your wife was responsible. She's a witch. A, a, a witch. Your son, uh, sorry, the, the accident that you had that made you to lose that contract, it was also your wife that was responsible. The wife went consulting her own and she was told that it was your husband that killed your son who died. The two parents, because they didn't have opportunity of hearing what we are sharing this morning, weren't sharing it with their children. Some of their children take, took side with the father, some took side with the mother. And hell was let loose. It was Iraq and Iran in the same family. And the lady wrote in asking for prayer that false prophets and prophetess have destroyed their peaceful home. Are you here and you are still not taking heed to the warning this morning? You better do before it is late. Praise God. What else can false prophets and prophetess do in your life? As well as false doctrine. They will kill you. If you do not take heed. As I was preparing for this message, my mind was taken back to the Guyana incidents. I know many of us were, are not born by then. It took place in 1978 in America, in Guyana. A false prophet. He was feeding his people with wrong doctrines. And to cut a very long story short, you can Google it and read it up. The Guyana tragedy. About 900 to 1,000 people were misled into killing themselves or being killed. 900 to 1,000 because they believed a false prophet and took and listened to his uh, doctrines, his teachings. 
And even in the Bible, there are quite a number of them there. People who were led astray by the false prophets. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse 6. When King Ahab wanted to go and fight for Ramoth Gilead. About 400 prophets in number told him to go that the Lord has already given him the land. Only one true prophet of God, Micaiah, advised him to the contrary. But he will not take that because he had an itching ear. Two things. Do you have an itching ear? One. Number two. In spiritual things, number is not an advantage. 400 against one. Only one was right. That you heard a number of prophets or prophetess to tell you go ahead. This is your victorious year. Your year of exploit. When you are living in iniquity. It is not about the number. A friend of mine who contested for Guba in Anambra. That was how he lost his employment. He said he heard from this prophet. The other prophet. The other one. Have you prayed through? He was deceived. And he went to contest against a governor that was performing. If not one of the most performed governor. He was thoroughly defeated. Because the Lord never spoke through the prophets. They told him what he wanted to hear. And that was how he lost his job. Praise God. If only the false prophets will destroy your relationship and kill you and you go to heaven, then they have not achieved anything. The third reason is the most important. If you do not heed the warning this morning, they will send you to hellfire. Imagine the family that we just shared about. They are living in bitterness, in acrimony, in hatred. How can they pray? How can they study the word of God? How can they commune with God? And so is every victim of false prophets and false doctrine. You will live a life of bitterness and hatred. And your gaze is as good as mine. It will be a miracle. If that person will ever make it to heaven. Be warned. Praise the Lord. We go straight ahead to definition. Definition of false doctrine. We start with. And what is false doctrine? Any teaching that adds to. Or takes away from. Or contradicts. Or attempts to nullify God's words. Either is adding, or is taking away, or is contradicting, or making attempt to nullify God's word because he cannot. That's why I use that word, making attempt. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at this definition in in-depth. Say any teaching that adds to. There was an interview granted one popular TV minister not so long ago he was asked 
Is there any other mediator other than Christ? Rather than answer absolute no. He said that just like Christ is a way to God for Christians, Muhammad is a way to God for Muslims, Buddha is a way to, maybe Ahmadiyya is a way to God for the Igbos. Very popular, if I mention, I'm, I'm minded not to mention his name, because when you hear such thing, you go in prayer for them. I'm praying for him because I used to listen to him, but I no longer. For him to come so low, he's not a baby Christian, he's not an unbeliever. For him to come so low, he's a second generation preacher in, their, in his lineage. What has he done? He has tried to add to the scripture. What does Act of Apostle 4.12 tell us? He said, for there is no other name given amongst men by which we may be saved. Not the name of Buddha, not the name of Muhammad, not the name of Hare Krishna, not the name of any Ekmaster. There is no other name given amongst men by which we may be saved. And any other Clement or Clementina is false. There is no other name. Jesus Bokibe. Ogaranalili Weturugo. Muhammad is still where he was buried. Buddha is there. All the Ekmasas are there. Hare Krishna is there. There is only one person who has defeated the power of death. And that person is Jesus Christ. And he cannot be equated with mere mortals. So you don't add. Muhammad is not an alternative. Neither is any of the other persons mentioned. There is another addition. I would like to make reference to, and that is the doctrine of purgatory. From the pit of hell. They tell you if you die and you didn't make it to heaven, maybe your people will be booking mass. And they will be praying for you where you are in awaiting trial in purgatory. And then you will be moved from awaiting trial and you will make it to heaven. Lie from the pit of hell. I was born a Catholic. But when I gave my life to Christ and began to study the word of God, this is one of the doctrines I hated the most. Because he adds to Hebrew 9.27. For it is appointed unto man once to die. And after death comes what? There is no purgatory. If you are here and you still believe that trash, better unbelieve it today. And if you know anybody who is holding to it, better tell the person to repent. If you do not make it, while you are alive, you will not make it when you are dead. There is no repentance in the grave. Praise the Lord. It is also false doctrine when you take away from. You know, as a young believer, I will always argue with a Jehovah's Witness. Until one day I was talking with one of them and he said, 
how can Holy Spirit live in human beings? They don't believe that Holy Spirit live in people. I say, eh? He said that Holy Spirit cannot dwell human uh, flesh or cannot dwell in human being. I said, thank you. From that day, I stopped there arguing with them. As far as the west is from the east, so have I separated myself from. And what if you call it Okunam? That darkness. There's no relationship. If you are here and you still argue with those people, you don't know what you are doing. No? There is no agreement whatsoever. Praise the Lord. Another form of removal is that done by the homosexuals and lesbians. Because Romans 1 points them, points the way of the Lord to them, accuses them to their face. They decided to mutilate the Bible and toy with Romans chapter 1. That if you read the Bible written for them, by them, and for them, it tells you that there is nothing wrong with homosexualism. It's a choice. And we go to the third aspect of the definition. Say any doctrine that contradicts what is written in the word of God is false doctrine. Just one example. One of the common beliefs of all the occult world is in the doctrine of reincarnation. Elohua is unbiblical. But in their bid to confuse Christians who do not know the word of God, they make reference even to the scripture in trying to prove their false belief. They take it from Matthew 11 and verse 14. But they fail to also make references to other Bibles. Because before you form a doctrine, you must take the whole scriptures. We are going to come to that later. Take them together and have a unified understanding of what the entire Bible is saying. The whole Bible is written by God, by men who are inspired by God through the Holy Spirit and does not contradict itself. In that Matthew 11, it was written, and if you will believe it, that John the Baptist was Elijah, which was for to come. And so they said that Elijah reincarnated as John the Baptist. Why are you saying that there is no reincarnation? But go to Luke 1.17. You get what the Bible is saying very clearly. What does it say there in a, a brief? The Bible is saying that the spirit and the power that was in John the Baptist is similar to that that was in uh, Elijah. But if you do not know your scripture, and that's why this morning, one of the ways or the things that you must do, you must spend quality time studying the Bible. So that when any of these people come to Rasmatayo, you, you will put them right. Praise the Lord. And the last one, 
any doctrine that attempts to nullify God's words. The Quran presents our Lord Jesus as a prophet and not the Son of God. And that is why all their teaching is meaningless. Cannot be accepted or considered by any serious minded. These days, they try to spread that some Christians are now Muslim. They repented. They saw vision and said, these people were never Christians even from the beginning. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is not a prophet like, uh, what do you call him, um, um, uh, uh, Muhammad. He is the Son of God. He is the third person, uh, second person in Trinity. He is not to be compared to Muhammad or any other prophet indeed. And any teaching that goes this line to try to compare or equate them is false doctrine and must be rejected in its entirety. Praise the Lord. Now quickly, the tells of false doctrine. Five tests that we are going to briefly talk about. The first test is true doctrines originate from God while false doctrine is of satanic origin. Reference is John 7.16. Even Jesus himself said that everything you hear me say is from the Father. All his words. He said, I can do nothing. I can say nothing. I can teach nothing. There is nothing that he did or say that did not originate from God. So if any teaching or doctrine does not originate from God, it is false uh, doctrine. The same thing goes in Galatians 1, 11 and 12, again Apostle Paul took time to say, Look, my doctrine. My doctrine is from God, not from any man or from any other source. Praise the Lord. And everybody will claim that their own doctrine is from God. Then you put the second test. True doctrine derives its authority from the Bible, but false doctrine does not. If I teach you or any person teach you, any man or woman, and the origin of that doctrine is not from the Bible. So we tell you extra biblical. You say leave extra biblical. If your teaching is not rooted from the word of God, Bible. It is not acceptable. Praise the Lord. Third test of false doctrine is consistency with the entire Bible, just like we have shared. Some people will take one passage of the Bible and misquote or misinterpret it to suit what they want to achieve. Again, that is why it's important for you to have a complete knowledge, understanding, or at least to keep growing in them. And when in doubt, consult your elders or those who started the race before you. If a doctrine agrees with one portion of the Bible and others disagree, then there is a problem with that doctrine. There has to be entire agree uh, total agreement of that doctrine with the entire word of God. Praise the Lord. The example we shared from the teaching of the Ekankar suffices for that. Number ten, or no, sorry, number four, is that true doctrines lead to spiritual growth. 
if you say our doctrine is the best, how is it affects the spiritual well-being of people who listen to your doctrine? If you are in a place and you find yourself retarding, diminishing spiritually, it is most likely that the doctrine you receive from that place is false doctrine. An evidence of false, uh, true doctrine is that you will be growing spiritually. And the last, the last is that true doctrine leads to godly living, but false doctrine produces ungodly living. If we say that we share true doctrine here, and every day that Ike is going from one cell to another, telling members, if they do exam and practice, members of chapel of generation, if they import fake products from China, Brother Val is involved. If they take bribe, the other sister in the church is involved. Know ye that the doctrine you are receiving may not be true. And that's why Jesus, from the passage where we read, said, By their fruits you shall know them. If the prophets are good and the doctrines are good, there is no way it will not reflect in the character, the conduct, the living of the people, both the minister and the people minister to. Praise the Lord. Now let's quickly define false prophets. I looked at a number of definitions, but the one that um, I want us to look at is the one, the way Wikipedia defines it. Defines false prophet as one who falsely claims the gift of prophecy or divine inspiration or who uses the gift for evil end. Two things. One, the person doesn't even have it at all. Is a claimant or clementina like we said before. Thus says the Lord. The Lord has not said nothing to him. That's a false prophet. But there are also those who have the gift of the prophecy. But they are using it for wrong ends. And they are also classified as false prophets. According to our definition. And you ask, is it possible? Yes. The word of God tells us that the gift of God is what? Without repentance. If you have the gift of prophecy and you keep on sinning and abusing it, the gift may not leave you. You will continue to exercise that gift but without the backing and authority of God. And that is why these people are also classified as false prophets. Though they still have the gift and exercise it, but the authority of the Lord is no longer with them in what they are doing. Praise the Lord. Now we look at the characteristics of false prophets. False prophets, number one, number one characteristics, we'll quickly run through it. False prophets, they teach false uh, doctrines. The teacher will say, you cannot separate false prophets from false doctrines. They teach false doctrines. I was listening to one um, 
um, preacher, and he was preaching on the television. Highly viewed. I mean, millions of followers. And he said that one member was sick. And the member saw him in a dream and became healed. Praise the Lord. I say, from where to where are you going? Eh? From where to where? Even Apostle Paul and Peter. Everything they do, they will give all the attributes to Jesus. Now is your, you they see in dream and become healed. And this is somebody that millions are following. Some of you here may even be following that person. Beware. Number two is that they are deceptive. They say what they do not mean and they mean everything that they do not say. I'll take one or two references from the scripture and then we'll move on. If you go to Numbers 22 and verse 18. Numbers 22 verse 18. It speaks about the false prophet Balaam. Classified as false prophet because he had the gift but he was using it for wrong ends. And that's why the Bible in its entirety. The book of Jude. The book of Peter's. The book of Revelation and Moses, later on in the book of Numbers, they all condemned prof, uh, Prophet Balaam. Because though he was hearing from God, he was abusing the gifts that the Lord gave him. And now, what is deceptive about him? If you begin to read the account of Balaam from Numbers 22, if you read that chapter and stop, you will swear, swear that Balaam is a good prophet. And that is how all of them manifest. You cannot easily identify them as false. When I was doing a study of some characters in the Bible, and I was doing it with my children, Balaam, one of the characters we studied. And after reading a number of uh, verses, I asked them, is Balaam a good prophet or a, a false one? They all said he's a good prophet. Why? I said, why? He sa they said, because he said he will not say what God did not ask him to say. He said, I'm not interested in silver and gold. Imagine Balaam. Imagine Balaam. But everything that Balaam did and said was because he was interested in silver and gold. Because on several occasions, even in that chapter, the Lord warned him, Balaam, and said, do not go. Do not pray. Even when he made an ask to speak, after speaking, Balaam, like some of us, even went to mock God and say, should I go? The Lord had just stopped you and said, who asked you to go? And God said, okay, go. He moved from the perfect to the permissive will of God. It's not what we have today, but I need to point it out. Because some of us are working in the permissive will of God, and we are having difficult and challenging times. The Lord has clearly said, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. You see this guy from Malaysia, and you are asking the Lord, should I marry this guy? The Lord says, since you want to make ye ye with me, go ahead and marry. I bless your marriage. You know. And that was what the Lord did to Balaam. He wanted to mock God. And God said, go, prophesy. Are you here today? 
when the Lord has expressly spoken, stop running from one prophet to another looking for answer. They will tell you what you want to hear, but that may lead to your destruction. Another kind of Sadducees is that they lie in the name of the Lord. Come on among them. Look at Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 28. As well as 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse 6. The Bible warns us concerning these people. That they lie in the name of the Lord. And that is why what they say doesn't come to pass. Because it's not of the Lord. Sometimes it seems as if it comes to pass because they are doing tumba tumba. They are just doing guest work. But in 1 Kings 22, 6, where we refer to, the 400 prophets said to uh, um, King Gehab, Go, God has already given you victory. Meanwhile, the Lord has not spoken to them. They lied in the name of the Lord. Another characteristic of false prophets is that they advertise themselves instead of Christ. Jesus Christ is not at the center of their messages. They promote their names, the names of their ministries and their works, and relegate the name of Christ to the background. They teach that salvation is through their ministry. But what happened in Acts of Apostle 3.12? When Apostle Peter healed the lame person at the beautiful gate. They wanted to start venerating, worshipping him. And he said, no. It's not because of anything about me. It's not because of my righteousness. We did this sin in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you people crucified. He gave all the glory, honor, adoration, and thanksgiving to who rightly deserves it and not to himself. But what do we see these days? Advertisement all over. Billboards with the pictures of men of God and women of God. Churches formed in their names. They rise to give testimony. 99% is given to glorify the name of the prophet. And 1% is used to patronize God. What a tragedy. They do not do the will of God. According to Matthew 7.21. And as we see in number, I, I encourage you to read that book of number. Matthew 7, 21, Numbers 22, verse 12 and verse uh, 22. In Numbers 7, 20, uh, Matthew 7, 21, sorry. The Bible clearly says there that he will say to them, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Who was Jesus referring to? These were people doing miracles in his name, prophesying in his name, Doing all kinds of signs and wonders in his name. Why will he say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity? Because they did not do it in accordance with the will of God. They are what I chose to call spiritual saboteurs. You know there are physical saboteurs. During the civil war, there were people who would come to the camp of Ojuku, the Biafrans. They would get information. Today, we will be at Abagana. And they will go to the camp of the Nigerian army and tell them. Now, they are saboteurs because they were not authorized to release the information. Even though they had the correct information, they released the correct information, but the authority to release the correct information was not given to them. In the spiritual, we also have spiritual saboteurs. 
They get the message. They release the message. But they were not authorized to do so. And that is what disqualifies them. Praise God. Also these people. They perform signs and wonders. With the intent of deceiving many. And the source of their power is from Satan. These days we have so many of them. Signs and wonders. The Bible says that signs and wonders will follow there that believe. Unfortunately. Believers today are following eh, signs and wonder. You have to repent. Just like we have the prophecy today. At the appointed time of God, he make all things beautiful. Wait for him because he who promised, he is faithful. And that's why David said, I've been young, but I'm now old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging bread. Our God is ever faithful. Has he said it? And will he not bring it to pass? He's a dependable God. Unchangeable changer. The cause causative that is caused by nothing. He's God Almighty. Jehovah Jireh. Praise the Lord. Another characteristic of these false prophets is that their God is their belly. I've never seen any different. Whether in the scripture, or in the time past, or in contemporary times, or even the ones that are not yet born. False prophets, one characteristic is that their God is their belly. A prophet will normally say, thus says the word of God. I think they should be saying, thus says the spirit of my stomach. Because they are speaking from their stomach, not by the will of God. Their God is their belly. Whether you are looking at Balaam, or you are looking at um, the political prophets in uh, Kings, that we are prophesying, we have a lot of them these days, go to all the government houses, both at Asso Rock, take government houses. You have a lot of political prophets telling the governors and the presidents what they want to hear, not what the Lord is saying. Their God is their belly. They may or may not have the gift, as you have said before, of the Spirit, but they do not bear the fruit. Jesus said this is where we are ending, concerning the characteristics. They may even have the gift, but look at the fruit that they are bearing. They tell you, our name is love this, love the other one, or any other name. Our name is faith. Go and look their life, there is no evidence of faith. They move around with convoy of police people, of policemen, security men. They tell you their name is love. Go to their house. He just finished beating his wife and he's preaching a message on love. Go to the office. Everybody there sees him as enemy number one. Put him in any department in the church. There will be katakata there. And yet, he's prophesying. If you are a prophet of God, a true prophet of God, it has to reflect in your life. There has to be peace. There has to be love. There has to be self-control. All the fruit of the Spirit has to be seen in the life that is making that prophecy. If your life is not in tandem with the fruit of the Spirit, it means that there is something missing. Praise the Lord. How then do we shield ourselves against false prophets and false doctrines? 
Number one, to shield yourself and your family from false doctrine, you have to be grounded in God's words. Like I said, once you are talking, I'll be weighing whatever you are saying against the word of God. And I know that every true child of God does that. Once he does not agree, it will sound bangam. Always weigh every prophecy and every doctrine against the word of God. And how can you wait if you have not taken time to study the word of God? I encourage us once again. Spend quality time. Technology has made it very easy. I have all manner of translations in my phone. As I sit waiting for somebody or go, I will just click and be reading. You mustn't carry big Bible. All of us here have one form of Android phone or the other. Download Bibles then instead of themes that will not take you to anywhere and read them at every opportunity you have. Praise the Lord. And most importantly, through discernment by the Holy Spirit. Remember we are talking about how do we shield ourselves? Speaking in John 16:13, the Master said that he will send us the Holy Spirit and when this Holy Spirit comes, he will guide us into all truth. And that's why I said there's nothing jikoring me within the Amaji over. Because if they say there is no Holy Spirit, me, I will fall. I know I cannot stand. There is none of us here or anywhere, any child of God, that can stand without the Holy Spirit. We need Him by day and by night, at all moments. For apart from Him, we can do nothing. He is the one that inspires, that instructs, that teaches, that guides. These are all works of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Functions of the Holy Spirit. So you want to stay away from false doctrines, from false prophets. You must have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And that starts by giving your life to Christ. In conclusion, therefore, because of the damning consequences of not heeding this warning, I want us to make these prayers. What are the prayers? Number one. That God will help us to repair every relationship destroyed as a result of handiwork of false prophets and false doctrines. Maybe they've already done a lot of havoc in your home, in your marriage, in your relationship with people in the office, in the church. This is an opportunity that God will help us to repair. Having known and seen that devil is behind all this. If we go to God in prayer, I'm convinced he will hear and answer us. Two, we will also be praying and asking God to help us reverse every wrong choice and decision that we have taken as a result of influence of false prophet or false doctrine. Maybe there's a practice, something you're doing, a choice you have made, and this was based on false teaching that you received false prophecy that was given to you. We are going to pray and ask God, help us to be bold enough to reverse, no matter how deep or how long that we have gone into that error. 
And thirdly, we are not just preaching to others, but to ourselves also. If by chance you are here, and you are a false prophet, you repent and ask God for forgiveness. You speak when the Lord has not spoken, or you are using the gift of the Lord in vain, you are a false prophet as well. An opportunity is for you today to repent. And lastly, we'll be praying for those who want to accept Christ. Everything that we have said today may not benefit you. Will not, not may not. You have to start by accepting Christ into your life and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is what will help you to be able to know when false prophets are in oppression or when false doctrines are being preached. Let us arise. Open your mouth and ask God if you have been a victim of false prophecy, if you have been a victim of wrong doctrines, if your relationship with your husband, with your wife, with your children, with your friends and colleagues have in any way been battered by the activities of false prophets and their doctrines, ask God to heal you. Ask God to give you the grace to forgive. Pray. And if you've been here, you've been involved in any form of false prophecy and false doctrine, spreading them, partaking in them, ask God to also forgive you and to restore you. And peradventure you are here and you have not known the Lord our Savior Jesus Christ, as your Savior, ask Him today to come into your life, to forgive you of your sin, and to make you a child of His, that your name be removed from the book of death and put in the book of life. Ask Him for the grace to live for Him. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Thank you, Abba Father, for speaking to us from your words. Thank you, Lord, for restoring, O Lord, every broken relationship as a result of the activity and the works of false prophets and false doctrines. Thank you, Lord, for helping us, O Lord, to repent from where we have fallen. And thank you, King of Glory, for any of us, O King of Glory, whom I have chosen to surrender his life to you this day. We ask, O oh Lord, that you give the one the grace to live a fruitful Christian life. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. We are still praying. Father in heaven, we thank you. Your word has gone out. And we do pray even as we have listened to your word, that Father, whatever actions, decisions, we have been into that as a result of messages, as a result of guidance, as a result of teachings of men or women not founded on the scriptures. Lord Almighty, we repent of them in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we turn away from them and we ask that there be a separation today, henceforth, 
between us and those actions and decisions in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, you bring your word and put us on the path of righteousness that we will no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, by the cunning craftiness of men, but that we will grow in the knowledge of you and in our faith unto the perfect man. May this be our portion as we walk in kingdom lifestyle in the name of Jesus Christ. May every baggage, every impediment, the things we have been hearing, and sometimes the things we have itching ears, itching legs, and itching buttocks, to quickly accept that are not the words that build us on the foundation of your word, that do not make for peace, that are not peaceable, that are not pure, that are not wise and founded on you. Lord, may they not anymore have hold in us in the name of Jesus Christ. May you see us and see us true. Like Nathaniel, a man in whom there is no guile, in whom there is no hypocrisy, in whom there is no falsehood, in whom there is no deceit, in whom there is no one leg in you, and another one with what we want to do on our own. Father, we build ourselves in your world and grow by the leading of your spirit even unto the perfect man in maturity, in love and speaking the truth in your word growing and knowing you the more in Jesus name we pray